Hello everyone! Welcome to Frame Trap, your definitive source for anime and anime-related products. I'm out. Uh, on the panel this week, we've got Brandon Jones. Hello! Bradley Ellis. Hi! Ooh, I like that. Michael Huber. <laughs> I like Death Note. And I'm your host, Ventmore. Before we get into the thick of things, uh, just a few housekeeping things. Uh, the first one is... I realize that we are shooting this in the same garage that we shoot the Easy Allies podcast. Uh, Brandon Jones was nice enough to set up table mics and and give us a table and a black tablecloth, make it look a little bit different. A little edgier. Uh, but I am very aware that we need to do something with this show to make to separate it from the the main podcast. We're doing that. I just moved apartments, and so you did. I did. Yeah. Whoa. My my entire living situation is still a little bit in disarray, so I'm trying to sort that out. Uh, but quick question: Is there still a big just stockpile of games in your living room. Oh, it's even worse oh because <laughs> there were games in my old apartment yeah. that I had to box up, and now I'm trying to organize them because my dream, I have to go buy shelves, is to to shelve every single game that I own. Wow. You don't have enough space. But I don't have enough space, There's and so right now, possible. I've just got, like, I've got original Xbox games stacked up to the ceiling. I've got Wii games <laughs> stacked up to the ceiling. It's like, oh, man, what am I going to do with this copy of, like... <laughs> Never dead. Well, Hunter, Hunter the, the Reckoning. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter the Reckoning. I've got both of them. Regular <laughs> Xbox. Yeah, I've got both of them. Uh, the other thing that I want to bring up real quick is this is going to probably be uh, a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, we Today's a busy day in terms of production, and so we're trying to squeeze this in where we can. Um, I, I apologize. That's, that's not your fault that our production is crazy. But, uh, yeah, just letting you know, forewarning ahead of time. Um, and the <laughs> to start off the show, uh, do you guys remember the frame trap bets? Brad, you weren't no. there for this. But, uh, Huber... What bet was where definitely got hazy during E3. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> There's still one I gotta check the tape that Kyle says I was involved with. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> Titanfall. Yeah, don't drag me down with you. So the uh, the realistic bets for uh, oh, I for E3 is uh, Brennan Jones. You said. Resident Evil 7 would be announced. Yeah. Believe. I thought your bet was the most unrealistic of the three, and it was the one that was correct. Uh, Michael Damiani said that they would announce Final Fantasy XII HD during E3, and he just went ahead and did this. I, I probably would have given him the bet through the doubt, but he already acted like he lost. Uh, they, didn't, they did announce Final Fantasy XII HD, but they didn't do it during E3, and so... We kind of collectively counted that as a, a loss for him. What? So wait, what he, is he? So he just went ahead and played Shovel Knight. Wait, that was if he lost, he had to play Shovel Knight. He had to play Shovel Knight. Are you kidding me? Yeah. God, I when hate we this. <laughs> when we were at the game trailers, I remember Damiani just wouldn't play it, and it was like Damiani, it's your favorite game of all time. You just don't know it yet. What yeah. was his thought on Shovel Knight? He loved it. Okay, yes. And now he refuses to play it again. It's what? like he hasn't played it since that stream. Damiani's time is very valuable. What a maniac. Oh, I love it, but I'm never going to play it. Yeah, again. what? Yeah, I, it's upsetting. Uh, Michael Huber, you bet that the Evil Within 2 would be 83, and I wanted that dream to be That would have been sweet. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very happy about this outcome because now you have to play an hour of God Hand. Excellent. And I'm not going to. You know, I trust you. I'm not going to give you a time limit on this. Okay. okay. I'll do it my next stream. Okay. Uh, Wait, hold on. Didn't someone have to watch 
Evangelion or something? So Brandon got it right. If he got oh, it okay. wrong, that would have been so good, yeah. dude. Would have had to watch oh, the Genesis would think of Shinji so bad. Yeah, he dodged. Uh, he dodged a bullet. Don't worry, we'll try to get him. We'll try to get him. <laughs> feel free. Else. Feel free to make that. I mean, keep trying that bet. Yeah, you know, I like I want to. I want that to happen, but for the right reasons. Right. Your reward. Yo, no. Next time, though, because, because next time it has to be higher stakes. He has to write a review, like a just a paragraph, <laughs> on the first like three episodes. I like this. I like Book this uh, corroboration. Uh, the thing that I liked about Ethan Gilliam. So, uh, your your victory because only one of the three of you uh, got it right. I only have to do one bad thing for myself. I have to tweet out. Persona 5 looks stupid. Will you, oh, will you so do I'm it right do now? It, I'm going to do it right R- now. Do it right now. Okay. Uh, the thing I didn't tell you, and it wasn't in the simulation of the bet, is I'm going to put some hashtags on there. Sure. Is that fair? Or you, can, or you could just reply to that tweet immediately, like five minutes later, and be like, stupid good. Oh. <laughs> no, it can't be five minutes. It's got to be like, you need a cool 30 on After that. this podcast. You need I don't know. I think, oh, that's I th- great. I yeah. think your Twitter fan base would get it. You know, I think they would... I don't know. In some weird, like, 90s slang kind of way, I think they'd be like, yeah, it is. So yeah. AC Slater joke. So what do yeah. you have to say? It's Persona it's saved is by the stupid. Bell style. 5 looks stupid. Oh my God. Can you say it looks really bad? Hashtag lost no, bet. The, the bet was Persona okay. 5 looks, looks stupid. Okay, yeah. And I'm going to do frame trap. Hashtag, Hashtag frame, frame trap. trap. Hashtag lost a bet. Yeah. Hashtag Resident Evil 7. Hashtag Shinji. Hashtag, hashtag no, oh. just Shinji from Alien. All right. Hashtag kitchen. So that is that is now live. Uh, we're not going to be able to review Persona Five anymore. No, uh, just kidding. Anyway, uh, wanted to get those done. I <clears throat> people had some feedback about the bets that they they didn't like that I made my own stakes. Um, oh. And then maybe we should uh, we should do something because you know bets are kind of a common theme around here. I just have so much fun betting. That's that's the only reason I did it is I like betting. Let it ride. And I wanted Hubert to play God Hand. Those are kind of my <laughs> my two driving factors. But you know we're still in the the early days of this show. Maybe yes. we can think of some other game we can get. If these guys with. chicken out of TGS bets, they'd be great at Frame Trap. Pick that up. Mm. Some TGS That's bets. more frame trap There's just not a lot you can expect out of TGS, but yeah, I, think I don't think could, we do. I think we've, you could still make. Kyle and I have never done TGS. We do PSX for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, TGS. Well, you the, just take the thing bad. about the thing about TGS is you know in Japan they have like those crazy game shows. Yeah. Mm. Maybe there's mm. maybe there's something. Yeah. I don't it's know. Like a black wig in your future, Ben. <laughs> and, a, and a pink suit. I would yes. love to rock a pink <laughs> yes. suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's get started with the, the first segment of the show. What you've been playing? I'm gonna go a little bit out of order this week. Bradley Ellis. Oh, me. Yeah. Touch I'm curious card. about you. Nah, okay, so I've been playing obviously Overwatch. Always in the rotation. Haven't been playing a ton of other games though, because of that E3 cooldown. Mm-hmm. But I've been playing a little game called Odin Sphere Life Riser. Life Riser. I've been playing it as well. So Odin Sphere, original PS2 game made by Vanillaware. Uh, I don't remember when it came out. High school. That's when I bought it. PS2 era. Yeah. So like 2005, 2004. 2002, 2003, 2004. Wow, was it that there. early? Mm-hmm. It was like 2003, 2004. Really? Yeah. Okay. I bought it in high school. It's only... Check the facts, man. Yeah. No, you could be right. I, no, 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 I, mean, I didn't yeah. play it on the PS2, and so I'm... We shouldn't fact check on this show. I love those fact things checks, right. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it while you guys are talking. Okay. Uh, so Odin Sphere, side-scrolling RPG, much like pretty much all vanilla war games, very similar to Muramasa, just a little more RPG esque. Mm-hmm. I would say like the alchemy and like 
planting seeds and making food out of like those little pink spirits. I don't remember what they're called or whatever. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But, 2007. Uh, yeah, I thought it was so not high school. College. Yeah. College. Wow. I was going to guess 07, 08. Okay. Yeah, college. College. But uh, yeah, it has a <laughs> fun combat system you implanted too. Mm-hmm. Really fun to juggle guys around and everything. Really seems pretty uh, deep for 2D at least. But there's, I think there's five playable characters. Something like that. And I just beat the first one. Mm-hmm. And it took me like six hours. So the game is long. Yeah. Settle in. Yeah, it's... The the RPG mechanics in that game uh, really go a long way with it. Just the the whole... Because it doesn't use that traditional level up system. You have Correct. to... Well, it, it kind of does. You can get uh, points for like, killing guys. Yes. But the way that you grow plants and yeah. how those plants work and how certain plants, when you grow them, make other seeds and all that mm-hmm. stuff just... Diving in and figuring that stuff out, and uh, that those plants can also heal you. Yeah, and so and deciding they, to yeah. use it for experience or for health is, is really yeah. Really they cool. can like uh, increase your max health, like right. as they give you XP like that. And you can also there's like cooking, which you might remember. Mm-hmm. I like, remember the plants, dude. Yeah, I, like briefly remember that. But then they changed the combat. It's like way different now. I don't remember what the combat was like in the old one because it's been since 2007. It was just like moving it. left and right and like pushing square. There's like. Uh, you have, like, special attacks and everything in okay. this. But I think before, you had to, like, go on a, to a menu and use them. I think someone mm-hmm. was telling me about that. So they just really, like, streamlined everything. Made cool. Fashion out. And I think they zoned out the camera a little bit. Because cool. it was really close in the yeah. original one. So it's hard to see everything. But it's fun. <laughs> Having a good time. And we we see this with every Vanillaware game. But that art Oof. is just absolutely outstanding. I mean, you're, you're fighting a boss. And it's this gorgeous, gorgeous, like... The person who drew this dragon must have spent years on it. It seems like I don't know how you would make something so detailed, and just seeing it come to life in the middle of the battle is really really cool. And uh, the story is interesting, yeah. Known sphere it's fine, and yeah. how you bounce around between different perspectives. Yeah. Um, it's definitely sort of a, an old like like an old Greek myth in a lot of ways, or or like a, a Norse myth or something like it's The way they speak is very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just cool. It's I remember a few years ago, like around the time of Double Dragon Neon. Yeah. Uh, people were like, uh, you know, they're bringing back these these beat 'em ups, and I'm getting bored super quickly. Maybe this genre is dead, and yada yada yada. And you don't see a lot of beat 'em ups anymore. And uh, not that I would describe Odin Sphere as, as a pure beat 'em up. It has like beat 'em up like yeah, things in it. Yeah. Definitely. There there are some similarities to be drawn there, and it's like, man, I wish the genre could have taken more ideas from this mm-hmm. and uh, gone in a direction that had a little bit more depth because I don't feel like Odin Sphere you ever get like mired down in it like I never sp- am spending like minutes at a time like digging around in menus and stuff it's it's it, things are usually going pretty snappy but there's just enough of that mm-hmm. uh, to kind of give you a, a feeling of customization and like the, you know there's a skill tree system and all that yeah. stuff and thinking about um Old beat 'em ups like Streets of Rage and Golden Axe and stuff. I was like, they could they could do something. Sing it, brother. Yeah, especially like a Golden Axe. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you had the vanillaware treatment no, to ben, something like this. All I want in my life, well, I want a lot of things, but come on, Dragon's Crown two. Let's go. Yeah, that's more of like the let it ride. Golden Axe. Well, Dude, I was gonna say, Dragon's Crown those do are well? written for hand for Vita and 3DS. I think Dragon's like, Crown did well. I think it's such did. a good genre for those systems. Yeah, I think it did well. Dragon's Crown two PSX. 
No, they're making like a they're sci-fi something game. Else. Yeah, like a sci-fi oh, yeah, game. Confirmed. Yeah. Oh, uh, besides Odin Sphere, you've been uh, you've been doing anything else? Nope, just Overwatch. Okay. And I've talked about that enough. Let's let's do our uh, just a quick check in on Overwatch. So that game's been out for a while now, mm-hmm. and I think one of the the things that you saw in the reviews is uh, a lack of content being mm-hmm. a worry. Uh, is that something that's true for you? Uh. I don't know. I've been playing it since closed beta, mm-hmm. you know? So I've been playing it a lot longer than other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not, like, frustrated, I guess, at the lack of content. Like, I'm ready for more. But I'm not, like, super angry about it or anything. I'm like, okay, I can use a new map now. But I've been playing for so long. But it's still so much fun, man. And more is coming. Oh, yeah, do more think, stuff's do coming. Do you think that kind of alleviates it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's we're already, like... Pretty much, we already know what the next year was kind of kind of be like and everything like that. So it's nice knowing it's coming. Ranked play is coming. Third I think public test realm already. It's out. I think ranked play is huge because it's a form of progression. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, it's very you know you go in, you shoot oh, yeah. some guys, win some matches. You don't really feel that hook to keep playing unless you're like really going for those loot boxes. Are you ready for this? But in the PTR, yeah, you could buy not with real money. Gold weapons. Oh yeah. Why? When did this? <laughs> when did this gold weapon know. thing? I don't know. Happen. I hate gold weapons. Yeah. I don't like. I want they're my garish, weapon black. Yeah. Normals. I don't want like no, pink. That was the first thing. Dots. That was the first thing when I started up Red Dead uh, for Red Dead Revisited for the weekly stream. Yeah. Um, I uh, the uh, the guns were gold automatically. Like it. Like I started up a new Xbox account. It was like, oh yeah, you bought a certain kind of Red Dead or. You unlock something, and you have to like do a do a like Super Nintendo era button press combination code, and like hold it for six seconds to like take them off. God. And I have to do it every single oh. time I boot the game. Every time I boot the game, Damn, by default, sucks. they're like super shiny. I hate that. Like totally distracting gold weapons. I like, hate gold weapons. <laughs> it's like if I gave you a solid gold Uzi right yeah. now, you'd be like, "Get yeah. out of here!" Yeah, gold weapons. Although a gold Reinhardt hammer, I've right? seen it. Yeah, pretty cool. Could be. <laughs> uh. Something that Blizzard has done with their other games, like Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone, that I think could work really, really well in Overwatch is is some sort of quest system. Like, imagine you had a quest where it was a daily like, quest. Uh, you know, win three games is May, or you know, uh, don't play Bastion today. That's yeah. Your quest. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you were telling me about this, or the reason they didn't do that, or the the reason they didn't have experience for specific heroes for specific heroes was because they don't want people to play like that they want you to play just organically normally yeah the sure, game's about sense. switching yeah. heroes on the fly yeah. and that, that would sense. change yeah. the game a lot for yeah. stuff but if it was just simple like win three games yeah they anyway. could totally do something and, like that and you're mm-hmm. right I, I should have thought about that and they, they have talked about that you can't just graft that same exact mm-hmm. thing onto Overwatch but I, but I sort of agree with you like Maybe maybe this is where ranked play will come in and will solve this problem mm-hmm. for me. But when I get into Overwatch, every single time I play it, I have a blast. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was just a little bit of focus, something to work on. It's mm-hmm. it's what I like in other games, even even something like a Call of Duty where I'm getting new weapons or mm-hmm. I that that just incentive to try new things mm-hmm. or think about playing a little bit of a different way, just a little bit of incentive here and there. Um, and if they could find something that would work for Overwatch, I think it would go a long way. Hmm. Personally, even though, like, even though if they don't add that stuff, Overwatch isn't any less of a game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's still incredible. It's it's yeah. not that, um, but just just ideas, just spitballing. Watch the tapping, Brad. The tap. So, oh, sorry. Just tap yeah. goes directly into the mic. <laughs> yep. And make sure they can see your pretty face, Hubert. Yep. We're trying not to cover our faces. Just get right in that. Yeah, right between the goalposts. 
Mm. I'll put my hands off the table then. Michael Huber. Hello. What have you been playing? Uh, like Brad, man, this E3 come down is just so intense. Um, been playing Umbrella Core for review. Stay tuned for the review. It should be going up uh, this week. Don't really want to talk about that too much because I'm reviewing it. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about one game and very briefly one film. Yes. Uh, what would you want me to start with, Ben Moore? Huber, the, the thing about Frame Trap is I'm not some... <laughs> Not some dictator. If you were sitting at my ramen shop, uh-huh. what would you order first? <laughs> uh, let's say I'm a regular at this ramen shop. Yeah. I always get the same thing. Okay. I always get the games. <laughs> I walk in on a Saturday night, just got dumped. Oh. Feeling, feeling oh. blue. So yeah. I go to my favorite ramen shop to cheer myself up and I say, why don't you give me a film tonight? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we'll start there. Um, it is a good, good Good, great time to be a horror fan uh, with recent hits like the original Conjuring, uh, even sequels like Insidious Three to make me care about like horror characters in a new way, like the daughter in that mm-hmm. film. Brad and I talk about, um, and then it follows the witch and the wailing. All three of those movies have kind of raised the bar of horror films in the last little bit. So Conjuring 2 gets announced, you know, and, and Brad and I are stoked about it because Conjuring 1. <clears throat> so we go see it the other day, and we're mixed! Hubert. I'm not going to give away any spoilers for this movie, but but Brad and I came out just super high and super low at the same time. <laughs> Didn't really know what to think about it. Uh, the Conjuring 1 was a movie that I just remember you just screaming the title yeah. like, at GT. You would just, yeah, you would just say The Conjuring. Yeah, well, he'd he, do that a lot. Yeah, he would anything. do that a lot with a lot of things. That's true. <laughs> but you would like, come up to me, put my put your hand on my shoulder, and be like, Conjuring. And Once one day again, he, does that a lot with does, everything. Yes. But you gave me the Blu-ray. Yeah. And I watched it. Yeah. And I think... I love horror, but yeah. a lot of horror movies are trash. A and lot. Because it's, it's there's so much volume. It's not that I don't... So that I didn't trust your recommendation, but I yeah. feel like there are very, very few horror yes. movies that I love, and I ended up really liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that I liked about The Conjuring is that it was grounded. Yeah. Um, that there was a, a believability to it. Yes. How does does that carry over? So again, I'm not going to talk about spoilers for this movie for okay. people that haven't seen it. Um, the biggest problem with The Conjuring Two is he had too high of budget. You know, yes, if that okay, makes sense. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the Conjuring one again. It's so grounded. It's a lot of uh, you know they 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 tell you they don't show you, and this is the other way around. Conjuring two just shows you a lot of stuff, um, and it was just like like an, a wildly inconsistent tone. Uh, very 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 masterful scenes or like a couple scenes in this movie that will just send shivers down your spine and take your breath away, where it is like, oh my god, like, this is horror at its best, and then there are other scenes that are that just, like, you know, there, there were a couple scenes where Brad and I just both looked over at each other, like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a joke, so... What, what do you mean? What makes it a joke? Just... It's hard. Over the top. Yeah, it's just over the top, uh... It's also, cheesy. Something, yeah, comes that's really out of place. It's really out of place. It doesn't feel like it belongs there. Yeah, there's just, just like what? It was just really inconsistent. Uh, but you know, there have been worse sequels. Oh yeah. Uh, the Conjuring Two does not 
take away from the legacy of the Conjuring One. Uh, legacy. Yeah, it's got a legacy. James Wan, you know, he he. It's still a solid movie, uh, but it is not the landmark that the original was. Do you think it? Uh, this is just me totally extrapolating here, but do you think? Yeah. Do you think it suffers from the fact that it is a sequel? Like, do you feel like the Conjuring One had this like clarity of focus, and the Conjuring Two is like, well. Now we have to do this again. Yeah, for, absolutely. For me, I think it was they tried new things yeah. that don't fit into it. Yeah. Okay. That don't belong in that movie. That's yeah. what they kind of did. Yeah. And just the budget. It was too... Too high budget. Yeah, they showed too much. Uh, so... Even... Sorry, even like the, the Babadook, which just came out too. I forgot to mention that one. Like, oh, there's been such good horror. Babadook's got some good moments. Yeah, but yeah. even the Babadook suffered from showing too much too early mm-hmm. and I just think that's such a big problem with horror it's like leave the mystery going for as long as you can because once they show it me as an audience member like is less afraid so my understanding that is something that Wailing did perfectly <laughs> is that, that you have no idea what to expect when you walk into the theater regardless of what you've seen in the trailers yes which is really cool Wailing Wailing is the new conjuring <laughs> it's the best <laughs> and the witch saw the witch twice yeah I saw the witch with you never need to see that again oh, those, that's enough yeah, yeah. that's oh, enough if you haven't seen those check it out so keeping kind of the horror focus going into the game Ooh. going into the game realm uh, Blood and Wine still chipping away the witcher uh, I will again I will not spoil anything I will not be talking about the main quest um, but I think it, I think it's been a while now where I can talk about just a couple of the mechanics, uh, not too spoilery. Um, the, the, my favorite thing is that you get a winery that you can kind of like upgrade, kind of like Animal Crossing style. Uh, player housing is one of my favorite things in video games. If you have player housing, like I'm there. Um, what's really cool is the uh, and I love economies. So so Witcher is just doing everything I love. Like money means so much more in this expansion because it is so expensive to upgrade your home. It is so expensive. Is to, there a point to upgrading your home? Yes. You when you sleep in your bed now, uh-huh. you get stat bonuses depending on what stuff is upgraded in your house. So if you have like a nice bookshelf, you'll no, get more attack. No, no, no. You can upgrade like the bedroom. Uh, which gives you like more stamina. You can upgrade oh. the stable, which gives your horse uh, mm. faster speed. Okay. You can upgrade the herb garden, so you can just pick herbs now. You don't have to go out in the wild. Uh, there's like an alchemy thing underground that you can like mess around with. Okay. And the story behind it too, it's all tied to a side quest of just these wine wars, because Toussaint is like a very wine-centered region. So just the way you you get it, and and again, just the economy of like having to upgrade that, and uh, oh my god, I just want to spoil some stuff. There are just Don't some do re- it. yeah, there are just some really really cool side things involved with your house that that I absolutely love. So the the Witcher Three Blood and Wine just house things that you love. Yeah, someone breaks into your house. <laughs> And you fight them off. No, no, no. That's something my hero no. would love. Yeah, no home invasions <laughs> yet. No, but then you can uh, you can get like art. You you like mm-hmm. can get put art in your house, and you can win fighting tournaments and Gwent tournaments, and you get trophies you can put in your house. You can put armor and and uh, weapons in your house. Like it's so cool, um, and it just 
Especially for Geralt, too. He has, like, quips about, oh, I've never never had a house before. You know, you have, like, your major context. Yeah, you have your guy that, like, kind of runs the house. And Geralt's kind of just like, I don't know what the hell to do. I've never lived in a house. Like, so just the context of it. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. What, what I love about what I've heard about these expansions, mm-hmm. and specifically Blood and Wine, is you, you get a lot of DLC, and it just feels like another little tiny episode. Like, yeah. just another, like, little appendage that they stick onto the main game. Mm-hmm. But this sounds like... You know, CD Projekt Red sat down and were like, how can we expand this game? Yeah. Like, things that you would normally save for a sequel, mm-hmm. they're including in a DLC yeah. that is fairly reasonable price. Uh, that's that's super cool to see. And it has, like, all new graphics. Right. It, it, the region looks better than the main game mm-hmm. because they Whoa. redid so much of the vegetation and added so many animals. Does it, and- uh, quick question, the new region is, a, like... A, like an island or teleportation somewhere or is it like it's like southeast of so can you Bellin? ride from one of the current no, locations no 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 oh, okay yeah yeah you have okay, to like teleport in and then it's like a huge do you, region you know, are there quests that send you back to other areas to do something or is it all self-contained it's all self-contained yeah I think cool. they did that oh, with the last one just, so they're oh, like we'll do something mm-hmm. just tear into that thing I can't yeah wait. Hearts of Stone to me was better than the main game of The Witcher 3 yeah and it didn't even have a new region mm-hmm. like Blood and Wine is so you, do you think because of the new region and the new additions that, that this is the best Witcher 3 experience of the set? Again, I'm not going to talk about the main story at all. Yes. But it is my style, so I like it the most. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My, my question to you, and I'm gonna, I want to extend this to the rest of the panel and see if other people have the same feelings or, or maybe some advice, is my thing with The Witcher 3 is I, I got about, I would say roughly 75% of the way through it. Mm-hmm. I got pretty far. I yeah. spent, I, I think my save file has like... 35, 40 hours on this, something yeah. like that. Uh, but I had, we got to Game of the Year, and I was reviewing Xenoblade Chronicles X yeah. at the time, which was very time-consuming. Yeah. And it just it just got away from me. It was like a fish that I had on my reel that yes. just slipped away. And then Hearts of Stone. Yeah. And then Blood and Wine. Yeah. And so as much as I enjoyed that game and as much as I want to get back to it, I feel like this this mountain that was already really tall just like added a couple more mountains on yeah. top of it. And that's that's intimidating to me. Very. And have you guys had that experience with a game where so you wanted years. to get back in, but they just kept updating it or adding things? Like Team Fortress Two is another example mm-hmm. where I played that very early on, and then like years later I tried to get back in. And I was like, I don't even recognize this. Yeah, game. what are these like XP new weapons? This guy's right. got a hat. That guy's a freaking baseball bat. World, World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. World of Warcraft. Yeah. And I, like I didn't play Pandaria, yeah. dude. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't know what's what. Yeah. I wouldn't know how my class played. I wouldn't know where to go to get items. Like I wouldn't. Uh, what? Legion. You're coming in, no, Jones. I'm not, no, you're coming no, in. No, you're no, coming no. in with us. It's happening. We're making bets. We're getting Jones in there somehow, somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jones, it's it's Legion or anime? you got to choose one. <laughs> well, anime, I could I could watch that, you know, I could podcast style that. You know, I could watch yeah. anime while I'm playing Pokemon or something. Where sure. It's like, you can't do something and also play Warcraft. You can't uh, raise children. <laughs> like, maintain a healthy relationship. I don't know. I feel like you can definitely do some pretty mindless things in Warcraft where maybe you could put on anime or something. Didn't they put Bejeweled in Warcraft? Is that still in there? I don't know. Didn't they add that at some point? Okay, you wow, just play Warcraft. Bejeweled in Warcraft? Probably. Oh, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound familiar to me. Just like those they put Pokemon in Warcraft, yeah? Yep. Right, yeah, you yeah. can battle. Uh, but, uh, so my question to you about the the getting away from you sort of thing is, do you do you just say, hey, it's, it's time for me to let this one go, or do you make time for it, or is it a case-by-case basis? Ben, you know, you changed my life a little while ago with uh, our Yakuza discussion about 
hopping in, just hopping in. Um, I'm, I've always been in the camp that, no, you need to play the story in order. It is such a big deal with those games. You're like, well, if you haven't, you know, just hop in and have fun. And I'm going to say the same to you about Witcher. So be it. If you don't remember where you are, just dive in. It'll all come back to you. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Play what you can. Play what you can. Just dive in. Don't, it is think, a... don't think yourself out of it. Yes. Yeah. I've thought myself out of too many JRPGs in my lifetime. I've thought myself out yeah. of too many life decisions. <laughs> uh, Brandon Jones, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You were, you were manning the ship my, during E3. Uh, well, we were all manning the ship. Definitely. We were all just like Definitely. Sea of Thieves up in this piece. But we were, uh, you had a few more we were the hatches. Let's say. Uh, yeah, it's been. I have a bittersweet. I got two games. One is bittersweet. Ooh. Uh, it is called Disney Infinity 3.0. Oh. Uh, the final playset, Finding Dory, came out. Uh, and, like, I don't know. Part of me wanted it to be bad. Part of me kind of <laughs> wanted it to just, like, because I saw a screenshot of it. I didn't, I didn't really look into it because you know what's depressing, man? I'm, I, I want to make, like, uh, uh, awesome thumbs for, like, oh, I got, I got to, you know, uh, Alice from the Alice in Wonderland movie. I bet there's like an awesome screenshot of her like running through the toy box. Like they just stopped making screenshots. Like they don't. Wait, what was that figure? I just saw an article of this figure will never be released. Uh, it was Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. And Peter Pan was the other huge bummer because that was a fan vote that they, they picked Peter Pan. So that figure was in development. Like, we'll, we'll probably see what that looked like down the road. Uh, and so yeah, the game like the the press you know machine for Infinity is is finished. Uh, so I didn't really know a lot going into it, and I thought it was just going to be a really simple side-scrolling swimming game. Uh, but there's first-person swimming. They have like a little area that's in the I guess they go to an aquarium in Finding Dory. Not spoilers because I haven't seen the film. Uh, and so you have like a little open-world area that you can go. There's little fish you can like do missions for. There's a little tunnel system that you can take to like go to other areas uh, in the aquarium. Uh, and then when you go to those other areas, it's like straight Metroid, like pixel junk. Like you get, you need to collect other types of fish that have different abilities. It'll help you get into mm. areas. There's like backtracking, and uh, and it's each each area is just. I mean, it's for kids, so like each area is just small enough. That I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh look at that. An hour and a half went by, and I'm still playing the game. A lot of Infinity stuff has come in that I just play on the streams, and I'm like, oh, I'd like to get back to that later, and I don't. Um, uh, just because I'm like playing other games, but like this one, I'm like, oh, I'll probably finish this. The playsets at least, like I should do one full playthrough. You know, and just wrap those up. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. It makes me happy. It makes me want to see the movie. But it's, of course, it's like Sad. damn depressing at the same time. Uh, and a friend of mine came over. Uh, we hung out because it was his birthday. And we needed just a dumb game to play. Try to get Final Fantasy XIV working on the PS4. Let's talk about that for five seconds. <laughs> which I can't. I cannot. I cannot play that game. Because I had an old account on PlayStation 3, and now I created a new one for my new character. So I'm like, I don't want to worry about what credit card I had or whatever. Yeah. Let me just make a new account. I, that the, my, P, my PlayStation Final Fantasy 4 account is locked onto my profile for That's PlayStation. That's so dumb. So I have to dig up that old account and that old password, which I have no idea what it is. I was going through all the like, here's your safe question. What are the answers? I answered them all correctly, and they're like, nope, every time. So I'm like, all right. Wait. So I'm like locked out of that account. I can't like tie that to something. If you go to the Mog House or whatever, like yeah. the Mog Portal or like their website, it's like, dude, just talk to PlayStation. We don't handle any of that. It's just like bold red print. It's like you don't change that information here. You do that within Sony. And Sony's like, you have your Sony account. And I'm like, no, I have another account now that I want to play on PlayStation. Nope. So I'm trying to do that. I thought we'd get that up and running. Didn't. 
So I'm like, oh, let's just play a dumb game. And I downloaded and played to completion Trials of the Blood Dragon, oh, which I know nice. you played too, Ben. I finished it as well. Because you are currently the leaderboard among the allies. You, oh. are, you, are, you are right on top. Wait, are you beating Dawn? Like four mil Are these Dawn's on Xbox? Oh, uh, okay. Dawn's on Xbox, probably, Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, I did not try very hard to get... Like top spots. Whoa. Kyle didn't try at all. Kyle's like two hundred sixty thousand or something, okay. like way at the bottom. That's like one run. But that was a weird game. That's a game I'm I'm done with. I don't I don't know if I'll go back and and play because uh, they had like weird on foot parts. Hmm. Uh, I think that game is bad. It, uh, but yeah, but it's it, it it feels like a game that doesn't aspire to be anything more than what it is. You know, it's one of, it's one of those games that. It just seems like they set out to do something and they did it. Doesn't seem like they had like those the on foot segments are so weird. But it seems like a weird little experiment on their end, and not like well clearly this game has to get made. But what are we gonna do about these on foot parts? Like it just yeah. seemed like it seemed like some devs just having fun. The biggest thing Don said was that there's no creator. Right. And but it's so, very story. So focused. the game is like, pretty it's much a, it's a sequel to Blood Dragon. He's like it's pretty much dead on arrival because <laughs> you is? can't create. What? Stages and that is Michael Bainton and everything, man. It is, <laughs> it is story heavy. That's so. <laughs> it's funny. actually some crazy so things that happen in the story. But you think like the one thing that, that does crack me up is you have a machine gun now, so yeah. like you have to like be doing tricks. Oh, and the grappling hook is really fun. Have you gotten to the grappling hook? Yeah, yeah. I finished the game. So. Grappling hook is pretty fun. Those parts are. It's fun to like go yeah. up and jump, and then it's just the analog stick. So as long as it's aiming towards something to catch you on the grappling hook, it'll auto fire. So you don't have to actually fire it. Mm. And so it's like knowing when the momentum of your bike is dropping and then you shoot the grappling hook to get a good swing. And, and as like in old trials games, a lot of times there'll be like the high road and the low road where it's like you don't need to take the high road, but there'll be other bonuses up there. Kind of like Donkey Kong does where it's like just see if you can get up there and get the extra get the bonus call. stuff. Now in the grappling hook sections, that's based on how well you hook yourself and get enough momentum to get up there. Hmm. So the but yeah, thing parts the, of that game are bad. The, the thing about the grappling <laughs> hook for me, and it's just there are... Like, every section of that game has, like, varying degrees of something that really turned me off of it. The grappling hook thing, the momentum doesn't always add up. Like, sometimes you'll swing, and you'll be going at a speed, and we'll, you'll, your character will move as you think it is. So it's like, okay, I'm going this speed, I will go up here, and then I'll swing back. And sometimes it will follow that momentum, and then other times you'll be going, like, a very similar speed, and your character will, like, flip all the way around the thing. And it's like, no, wait, it's hard for me to gauge how I should use this tool if it doesn't seem consistent between swings. I feel like Trials is kind of like Octodad sometimes, where, like, the controls are intentionally bad just to watch you flail, oh, you know, Octodad. just to watch you, like, struggle with it. But the, well, the one thing I liked about it is if, if anyone from Ubisoft or the, uh, the dev team of Trials is watching, I do like a small Trials game. I do like a bite-sized, single-evening Trials portion. Because, yeah. like, a lot of times when I get updates on Trials, I'm like, yes, I love Trials. And never get into the customization stuff, even though I do love that because I don't have time. You know, like I just want to go through and play some fun tracks. But inevitably, I'll play like 70% of it. And then that last 30 is so damn hard that I'm yeah. just like, I can't, I'm, you know. Because it's like, it's not only like, oh, a couple tracks. It's like two whole sections of tracks. So it's like usually about five to ten that I just miss because like, there's no way. I'll play for a second, but there's no way I'm finishing that. And so having a small thing that's maybe really difficult, even though Trials, even Blood Dragon's pretty easy. That maybe there's just two tracks at the end that are balls to the wall hard then I might try those. If there's just two, like, I might, you know, kind of beat myself up, like, mm -hmm. soul-style yeah. to try to get through them. But if it's, like, a whole Trials sequel that has all this, you know, impossible stuff at the end, I'll probably skip it. So. I, it's just the thing for me about Trials of the Blood Dragon is the, the only levels I enjoyed were the, the bike ones. Because the, the on-foot stuff, like, moving and jumping around just feels absolutely atrocious. And the, the way they design the levels, like, 
you'll just be running and then there's a door and then a guy will come out of the door and you just have to shoot him before he shoots you. Like there's no there's no finesse to it. In fact, it's better for you to just be shooting all the time to make sure like you clear everything up and the, these on foot sections feel like something you just, just need to get through. Whereas the bike stuff, I feel like suffers as a result because like you said, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they had just made a bike game, they could have gotten a little bit more crazy and creative with the levels. And having played Trials HD, Trials Evolution, and Trials Fusion, and seeing how awesome they can get with the level design, like here it's scaled back in favor of worse things, the on-foot stuff, and the jetpack feels completely awful. And <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I like, think you're I like just drunk wanted, in the jetpack. <laughs> yeah, it, I just, I feel like I would have just rather had a straight-up Trials game, because these other things that they try, like the jetpack and the on-foot stuff, it feels like the engine wasn't made to do that. Like, they built this for a dirt bike game, and when you do other things, it's it's really out of place. Uh, I like the acid trip level, though. That was fun. You get, like, drugged in one level, and stuff comes, like, flying in and out. And yeah. Oh, like, all this crazy stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, a Raiders of the Lost Ark-themed area. And uh, it actually, like, scared me because it's, like, there's, like, a bad demon that's, like, chasing you because you're, like, trying to steal the Holy Grail. Whoa. And they Trials loves, like, like having graphical stuff just come flying in and out sometimes when they do, like, trippy levels. And this, like, ghost, like, deer-headed demon just comes, like, flying out really quick and, like, just runs, like, flies right to the camera and then zooms back. And I was like, whoa. Like, motorcycle game? That was actually kind of freaky. Sounds pretty spooky. But, uh, yeah, on foot, not good. <laughs> Be yeah. fun if you could skip it, you know. There's like a button where it's just like if you, if you want to just skip this level and like Lords of Shadow Pose the next one. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you though. Like like bite sized trials, like two and a half run through of a of a campaign seems really really good. Like, like, like trials and here. Portal should make a game now. You know, like I, sure. I like the idea of trials yeah. being like a you know a genre that other genres can no. can adapt. No. No? no, no, okay, no, no, it's the vote on that. <laughs> no. Michael Huber just doesn't like portals. No portals. I don't like portals and lasers. And lasers. <laughs> Laser puzzles. Whoa. It's so like like what am I in school? <laughs> let me let me move this laser. Oh no, that doesn't do it. Let I me, think let me yeah. move this portal here, and then the, the Hold laser. On. There. Hold on, let me pump the brakes real quick. Everyone freaks out at Mike Huber right now. Okay, Mike Huber does enjoy Portal the game. Love Portal, but I think he's talking about examples like Darksiders. Darksiders. The end of the game where yep, you get that portal yep. gun. Darksiders. It is the most weird thing ever. And uh, even Witcher 3 has some, like, you gotta go through the portals in order. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. It, it sounds like you're talking about, you're playing a game, you're having a good time, and the game is, like, clearly designed around, like, a couple of things, like, exploration and combat, and then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt to make you do, like, an obtuse puzzle yes! that, like, yes! is deliberately designed to be a pain in the ass, yes! where you can't manipulate multiple things at once, it's like, okay, now I have to go over here and turn this crank a little yeah. bit, then I have to go over here yes! and move this up and down. Just some padding. You, yes. you don't like padding. I don't like padding. What my hope is that the new Zelda game has those just like out in the wild. Yeah. You just kind of stumble upon something and you're like, "Whoa, I clearly can't open that yet." And like, you totally can. You can figure it out right now. Right. But you can't. You know, you got, maybe got to play a little hmm. bit more of the game to get uh, like how those like the witness. How you know, kind of like works. you get how but that it, stuff works. It's totally different when you can approach it at your own pace and, yeah. and you feel no, like that's the difference. I am yeah. choosing to take this on rather than yeah. being locked into a room. Uh, so, Brandon, you've got Trials of the Blood Dragon, you've got Disney Infinity 3.0. Is there anything else? Uh, just, uh, I don't know if I talked about War Bits before. Uh, that's my a, a military game I'm playing with my friends on mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we have long been searching for a 
more than two player versus and co-op top-down tactical uh, military it's mouthful um, you know like Ghost Recon for the 3DS did you play that when that first came out um, uh, it's kind of like, it's kinda like Final Fantasy Tactics yeah, yeah. like yeah. Um, just something like that where just just like a oh it's your turn in the battle I'm like alright I'll let me make those two troops move that guy over there blow up that helicopter okay done you know and then like oh my friend next friend will play in the next two days and then oh it'll buzz me and I'll like do another cool. mission but uh, surprisingly all of them are one on one like there's like very rare that you get any kind of like more than one or two player multiplayer thing and co-op meaning me and another person against two other people never like maybe two games on the app on the on the Mac Doesn't Clash do of Clans like that or something um it's always 1v1. Oh, like, okay. you can have guilds that watch other things. I and, 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 like, sometimes you can borrow troops from other people. When it actually gets down to combat, it's always 1v1. So, war bits. A little too cartoony for my taste, but hmm. uh, pretty fun so far. Cool. I'm horrible at it, but still fun. Uh, I've got two games that, that I could go on forever about, but in the interest of spoilers and time, I think I'm going to try to make them as succinct as possible. I, I want to try to sell... At least one person on the Zero Escape series, because mm. I, I'm playing through the third game, Zero Time Dilemma, which didn't feel like it was going to happen for a very long time, uh, and now it's finally happening. Th- this series, now that I'm in the third game and I'm seeing how it's all wrapped up... Quick question. Yeah. Do I need to play the other two to play this one? <laughs> so let's get this out of the way. Let's get this out of the way. The Zero Escape series started as... Uh, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. Right. Nine 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 on the DS. Yeah, yeah. That was the only way that you could play. I think you can get a Is visual a novel one? version on mobile. Okay. But it Wait, removes novel the, version. Yeah, it like removes the puzzles. What? Why? Which I get puzzles aren't for everybody, but they're very well done in this series, and you you probably want to experience. But they them. ported it. So I ha- they took out the puzzles? I don't have my facts straight on this because I haven't played okay. the iOS okay. version. But my understanding is that you can play this compromised version on iOS compromised. or you can play the DS version. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Okay. Uh, at least for right now, gotcha. right this very second. Uh, and then there were, they released uh, Virtue's Last Reward on Vita and 3DS. Mm-hmm. Now there's Zero Time Dilemma, which is on Vita, 3DS, and PC. Oh, okay. Um, and so these are all years apart that are on different platforms and the, the most frustrating thing is that I wish I could sit here and say, hey, get this hot new release on PC if you want to. No. Mm-hmm. No. Like, do not play these games if you are not going to play them in order. Okay. They're okay. At the very least, you could maybe make an argument for not playing 999, mm-hmm. but because, like, the, the real crux of the story, I think, gets introduced in Virtue's Last Reward... But I'm one of those people where the things that you learn in 999 add so much flavor, and the revelations and the payoffs that happen mm-hmm. in the other two games mean so much more to yeah, you yeah. if you play that first game. And so you can probably understand it if you just play Virtue's Last Reward and the Zero Time Dilemma, but I don't think it's going to emotionally resonate appreciate as much. Right? As much. But it's, it's worth it. Like, whatever you have to do, like, if you have to go on eBay and buy a DS or whatever, whatever you want to do, it's it's worth it to play these games. And uh, I'm going to get a little bit hyperbolic here, and I, I feel like I can say this it. now that I'm at the third game. Do it. As far as trilogies of games are concerned, as far as storylines are concerned... Brace yourself. It's, I'm not talking about gameplay. I'm purely talking story. Brace for impact. I don't know if I've I've seen a better story told through three successive games. It is so intricate, Whoa. so well thought out, wow. so complex and satisfying once you finally wow. reach that conclusion. Like, 
It is blowing me away. The last three days, I've stayed up till five in the morning, beating my head against these puzzles just because the story has me that utterly gripped. I feel like you just betrayed the goddess. Final Fantasy Final XIII. Fantasy 13. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think the Final Fantasy Thirteen trilogy has anything on this. Uh, well, well, let's be fair, man. You stay. Up to fight and playing games all the time. <laughs> I do. This is not new. But, but I was doing it with conviction. <laughs> all right. right? Like, That's not say, new either. I'm, <laughs> all right. All right. I'm running out of, I'm running out of defenses here. <laughs> but uh, I can't say, I won't say any single spoilers at all, Mazir Time Dilemma, because people would kill me and write for yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to talk a little bit about why these games are so gripping uh, without going into the details of the story. And I think what's so cool about them is they're, they're this visual novel format where you're presented uh, a bunch of different options and you can go to those points in the story. Mm. And it's not just a sort of tool. The story takes into account that fractured nature and when you see things and when you don't. And mm. how you choose to progress in that game deliberately affects what you uncover in the story but it's more than that. It goes a layer deeper. And so you, you meet these characters that you spend 15, 20, 30 hours with, and you'll meet a character that you think is the sweetest person in the world. But because you see them in so many different circumstances, mm -hmm. you see the full range of their personality. And so this person that you thought was an absolute sweetheart that wouldn't harm a fly becomes a maniacal killer. And you see that gradual transformation and being able to explore these characters, it's like it's like you take something, like everything in the Zero Escape series you're looking at and then you keep looking at it from different angles and your understanding of it gets deeper and deeper with each look you're given. Whoa. And you get, like, these, like, you get so attached to them. You get so attached to them because you have this thorough understanding. And I feel like it, it's made me realize how in most games... You know, kind of what you see is what you get. You know, you have the, you know, the, the tomboy childhood friend, or you have, you know, the the buddy cop guy that's a little bit gruff on the inside. They don't go deeper than that. Whereas these people, as you learn more about their histories, like, they they feel real. They don't feel like characters that are constructed because they respond differently in different situations, and you get to see all that. Uh, and I think Michael Huber would especially love it <laughs> because I feel like it is the People are going to get mad at me for saying this, but I feel like it's the Saw franchise done right. Cool. Where in the Saw franchise, you put these people in these horrible traps. Sounds like Dungan Rumble. Yeah, I was thinking that too. So I've long said that I like Dungan Rampa better than Zero Escape. But not anymore because of this third one? But not anymore because of this third Damn. one. Dang. Um, and that's because I think Dungan Rampa gets so ridiculously crazy, and Zero Escape does as well mm -hmm. but even the most batshit insane parts of zero escape are explained so well and so logically that you're like yeah that totally makes sense makes yeah. sense in that universe yeah well kind of but the thing is they're explaining these things that make sense in this universe with real world concepts oh. so they'll give you scientific explanations like one of the the key principles of this world is explained with schrodinger's cat and so they take these real world things and, and apply them in a fictional way that is just like absolutely Kojima like, style. Yeah, it is. It's the <laughs> best kind of science fiction, right? Mm -hmm. Where it doesn't feel like artifice. It feels like there's there's a basis in reality. Like people thought about these things, and they're like, okay, taken to an extreme level, we can make you believe that this could happen. 
and I feel like I can't get into any more not spoil anything but holy cow like some of these payoffs that are having some of the revelations are just absolutely mind-blowing and I think in a lot of trilogies they'll they'll create a bunch of mystery like Mass Effect is a good example right where they built that world up so well and they they gave you so many questions and then the third game they kind of wraps it up in a way where you're like well all right like that was an ending I guess but I I don't I don't feel complete because the build-up is usually better than the payoff and that's not the case here. Like, every answer they're giving, you can just, like, slot it in in a way that you're like, whoa, my mind is completely blown. And, hey. yeah, it it's worth it. Sounds hype, dude. Yeah. And, and the thing is about, it's about Zero Time Dilemma, it keeps, the game keeps crashing on me. Oh. I've had it bug out multiple okay. times. The animation is terrible. <laughs> like, a character is talking and they're giving, like, this super emotional speech and uh, her hair is, like, clipping into her back <laughs> and there, there are little moments like that but the story is so good that it just rises above I, I think in a, le- a lesser game those things would, would break my immersion so much more but yeah. but not in the serious game I, I really like I, I know I get on here all the time and I feel like my words have less power as a result I get on here all the time and I get excited about games and I say hey you should play this but honestly truly give it a chance so uh I'm playing Yakuza first. That's fine. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> I need to take that down, that juggernaut. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Um, but it sounds cool, dude. It Can is very cool. Can it you post it on cool. your Yakuza progress? Got one ready to go. Uh, the other game that I've been playing, and I kind of like Huber, I'm, I'm not going to get too much into it um, because of a review, but I'm playing uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions mm. Sharp <laughs> FE, and I hate saying the title every single Why time. Why did they change is it the name? Sharp FE? Is it, yeah, it's Sharp F.E. Hmm. And the reason it's Sharp is because Tokyo Mirage Sessions is all about music. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, like so this is this is Shimming Mi Tensei Cross Fire Emblem, and I I don't know for sure. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the reason they just didn't call it that, and what I like about it is it's not just a mashup game. Mm-hmm. It's not like, think about every single time there's a crossover. It's not like it's Persona like, Q. It's not it's like... like yeah, it's not like you've got these Fire Emblem characters and they're like, whoa, we're in the Shin Megami Tensei universe. What's all this modern stuff? We're from medieval times. Think about how many crossover things you've seen like that where it's The Flintstones meet the Jetsons. Yes. Yeah. They don't do that here. Instead, what they do is all of the Shin Megami Tensei, not all of it, but a lot of the Shin Megami Tensei stuff and Fire Emblem stuff is sort of a backdrop to this unique world and these unique characters all of that stuff sort of enhances. Like, you could strip it all away and there's still a game there, I think, for the most part. And I think it's much better as a result. Like, you can kind of just treat this like a new JRPG series that happens to have Shin Megami Tensei and Fire okay. Emblem traffics. Like, when you level up, the Fire Emblem sound plays. It goes, and it's like, oh, that's cool, it's a nice touch. But these characters in this story are still unique to this mm-hmm. game. Um, and... What I like about it is how focused it is. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's trying to cram too many ideas into one thing. Um, and the story is, is pretty simple. There are these devious, you could call they're called mirages, but you can call them spirits, whatever you want, are causing a ruckus, and you and your unlucky, unlikely band of heroes must figure out what's going on and, and stop the threat. Uh, but it's taken with such... Like, they commit to it so hard. They commit to the storyline that is is not really all that amazing. And they make it super charming. Because the characters uh, are just really funny. 
because you're you're the way that you get better is you have to be like pop idols. You have to be like J-pop idols. Ben, I saw you playing this yeah. online. Yeah. And I watched like ten minutes of it. And I was like, I have no idea what's happening in this game right now, but it looks fun. So when you go into a fight and you get a first attack, your characters are all smiling. The battlefield is a stage. You hear people cheering. There's confetti everywhere. <laughs> and that sort of attitude and atmosphere kind of uh, permeates the whole thing, where it's something that you can play and just feel good about uh, because it's nodding and winking at you the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to work for everybody, but it's definitely working on me. Your, your sort of personal trainer, who makes you a better idol, <laughs> has his name is Barry. He reminded me a little bit of Michael Huber in some ways because he's this big, burly guy that has this this shirt with like cutesy anime girls on it. And Just like Mike. Yes. I got a lot of those. Because it's your first training session, he uh, <laughs> he's really hard on you and he's saying that you're like absolutely terrible. And he says to himself... I could have been watching my favorite anime instead of training you. And it's just... Just like, <laughs> just like Mike. And he says it with such Kevin a straight Vikings. face. <laughs> and the characters get so torn up about it that you're like, this is... This is <laughs> yeah. dumb. Uh, and yeah, I, I think that, that tone and that style is just... It just it's works. wacky. It's wacky and yeah, it's fun. Yeah, just have fun with it. Yeah. Just go with it. Yeah, because it... I think it's way better to do that than to take like kind of a cliche storyline and treat it super, super seriously. There's another game... That, that I've played that we'll talk about. On the I already know what you're talking about. That, that uh, kind of does that. But uh, the, yeah, that's Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I, I, I'm a little bit worried because I feel like it being on the Wii U and it being this weird thing with this weird title. It's weird time get, for it to uh, come out. Underrated, but man, I feel like JRPGs. It's good. It's good stuff. Do you have to have played Fire Emblem? No. At all or anything? That's, that's the great thing about it, is you don't really have to have any knowledge of Shin Megami Tensei or Fire oh, okay. Emblem to appreciate it and enjoy it. Cool. Um, whatsoever. You don't need a single shred of knowledge. So. Cool. Yeah. Those are my two games. Now we're moving on to the highlight of the show. It's time for... Otake! I thought a lot about this otake. Uh, there wasn't any like big headline that was really gravitating to me or that I wanted to discuss in the show. And uh, I thought of a game that we could do, but the more that I thought about it, and I thought about this panel specifically, because I like to take the panel into consideration, um, I wanted to talk about the Resident Evil series. <laughs> As okay. a whole. Speaking my language. Okay. Yeah. I want to... You guys are the experts. I, I enjoy Resident Evil. I've played a lot of them, but I feel like you guys are burning with passion, Resident Evil. And uh, what I want to start out with is a question. And we can expand on this or move in a different direction if you don't like it. But the response to the Resident Evil 7 demo has been largely negative. Mm-hmm. This first-person horror game that's evocative of PT. People are saying it's not Resident Evil. They want... A different tone. They want a different style. They want the Resident Evil hallmarks, um, and they're lashing out against it. And I want to know what what is there any validity in this criticism? I want Huber to speak right now. Resident Evil Four wasn't Resident Evil. Thank you, Huber. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I got to make a comment about RE Four. Yeah. Huber does it, and like, oh, there you go. Yep. I think yeah. Every series, uh, I 
Final Fantasy VII really frustrates me, man. I mean, it's like, it frustrates me when I talk to Final Fantasy fans. We're like, it's a Final Fantasy game. And it's like, you're not using your brain. Like, yeah. you you look at the first six games and then look at seven. And, like, yeah. it it is, like, if that was a pillar, man, like, they just shook every floor mm-hmm. of that pillar. And it's, and a lot of really amazing things came out. I was averse to all of them at the time because I felt I was, like, betrayed in a sense. Granted, I was, like, 15, 20 years younger than I am now, so it was, like, a little more emotional uh, when it came to games. A little more opinionated. Maybe those are the people that are speaking out the most about RE7. Like, uh, because I thought I I had something. I thought this was mine. I thought it was, like, oh, no, I can expect what this is going to be. And you... That's a dangerous thing to do in art if you want to have a long-lasting life. I think... In a, in a in a medium like video games, where tech drives so much of innovation and and uh, really pulls you in so many directions that you might not have thought of otherwise when you're telling a story, I think it is impossible to to, to maintain unless you're going to be like Mega Man and just kind of like not be as popular as you could be because you're sticking you're just like you know like Sonic or you know just like uh, like Street Fighter you know like like Street Fighter seems to despite you know. Uh, sticking to characters in the story and the style of the old games reinvent itself every single time. You know, every time it's like, okay, this is a whole new ball of wax. I always got frustrated with Warcraft because they did that. You know, I would leave for a little bit and be like, my class, you know, completely changed. And I think, I think, I think just franchises need to do it. So you, you talked about Street Fighter though, and you're talking about all of the examples of, of things changing, but people responding to them well. Every Street Fighter game has Ryu. Every Street Fighter game has a Hadouken or a Shuriken. Whereas in the Resident Evil 7 demo, you know, you're not playing as Leon S. Kennedy. Um, I don't think there are, outside of the, the umbrella symbol, you know, there aren't a lot of overt callbacks. So do you think that's what's hurting it? Because, you know, in Resident Evil 4, you're still picking up herbs, you're still... Well, herbs are confirmed to be in Resident Evil 7. I yes, I understand yes. that. I understand that the demo's yeah. not representative, but... Yeah. Do you think that... The, what... Resident Evil is showing and it's not calling back to those things is, is that what has people up in arms? I think it's just changing like first person people freaking out like honestly anything that's not 6 is a step in the right direction for me man thank mm-hmm. you thank god it's different yeah. if it was like 6 again I would be like I'm, I'm, I'm out mm-hmm. this franchise is dead uh, they're, they're in <laughs> for me they were in a, they're in a spot where they have absolutely nothing to lose. Yes. Coming off of Resident Evil. Yes, sure. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have absolutely nothing to lose. And I think this is... The fact that it's not just a straight reboot has me so excited as a fan that really is obsesses over the lore. Because I think if it was a reboot, you'd have a lot of people saying, okay, well, here we go, new direction. I think maybe they'd give it a little more benefit of the doubt. The fact that it's seven, I think, pisses a lot of people off. When for me, it's awesome because if that franchise, 20 years of lore, had ended on Resident Evil 6, it would have just crushed me. It would have destroyed me. And now this is kind of like a second chance to, okay, let's right this ship. Let's get back on the timeline. But also, it feels like a reboot kind of disconnected from all that. So maybe we'll get a fresh perspective on the the events that have happened so far, four didn't cover umbrella at all. Four was a four, four was a, oh, yeah. a, a a guide end, if you will. <laughs> four was just uh, like uh, Jones. Don't even talk to me about this. You're making me upset. What? I'm so mad right now about what? The, the umbrella. Story uh, yeah, four. the story four. Jones, if you if you saw my Huber hype episode, <laughs> the biggest video game letdown of my entire life. All I wanted to do in life was to destroy umbrella. Resident Evil 4 begins yeah. with some narration, so and after that, 
Umbrella was shut down. I've been trying to take them down my whole life! My whole life! Code Veronica, they fly off to go take down Umbrella. Resident Evil 4 starts, like, alright, Umbrella's gone. Here we go. Isn't that, like, in a weird way, isn't that Umbrella Chronicles? Like, the weird, like, Wii shooter? Don't they, you, like, go to Umbrella and bomb some, some shit? That, yeah, yeah. They, you get a little bit of the, the satisfaction there. Well, but I mean, you think, I mean, look, try to look at it, try to take, you know, the Zero Escape method and, and look at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would killing one person really take Umbrella down? Like, how, like, like the, the, the fall of Umbrella probably would have hap- had to have happened internally, yeah. you know, like, yes. they would have had to have eaten themselves, you know, alive, basically. And so I think that's what happened. You know, I don't think there was, like, one, it was they're, a they're not going to go in there and, like, shut the power down in the yeah. building. And, like, yeah, but I wanted to like, expose the secrets, you yeah, know? Yeah, they built up to, like, doing that They built every up game. to, like, exposing them. I think the world of Resident Evil wouldn't give a shit about Umbrella Secrets. I think it's so far gone, and by that point, you know, it's like, they're so used to the apocalypse, like, they're so used to all of these crazy things happening, and, you know, it's like, uh, living in the reality of these giant monsters, like, running around. Um, but, but just, I mean, totally 4 was such a shift, like, characters were sassy and sarcastic, and, like, everybody up until then was just like, no, I have this deep secret, you know, like, the mayor in 2, and Birkin, and, like, everybody you met, you know, just was so depraved and so horrible, even, like, uh, hello, Red Dress, uh, Ada, Ada, Ada. like, you know, like, trying to really figure her out, and and trying to figure out what her intentions are, and then she's like, ugh, Leon, I'm like, what game is this, you know, like, he morphs into giant plant thing, like, there were, you know, four, you know, took the series in all sorts of different crazy directions, but, like, damn, is that game fun to play? Yeah, it's really fun. And so... And there was just enough callbacks to the old series, you were Leon and Ada, Wesker was manipulating from the shadows, the payoff of Wesker in that game leading into five like oh the reason four is happening right now wesker is like playing a game he's trying to get that virus he's trying to just collect them all pokemon style so you know i think it's so early to judge seven like what if we haven't even seen what yeah. seven is gonna look we like we know who the villain is what if it's like alex wesker trying to like put oh yeah back... we don't know who you are very yeah. very intentionally we have no idea who mm-hmm. you are yeah. you know and i think i think they really scraped maybe not the bottom of the barrel but like the side of the barrel to kind of chisel off a little part of the game and show that off enough to have, have people raise questions and then the next time we see seven it's like oh okay all right yeah it's, it's kind of like the kitchen it's like yeah that was that demo that was the same engine and the same it did look like that but i didn't know it was resident evil at the time and then like mm-hmm. you know later on kind of what i was hoping pt would do with silent hills was that you would start us way over there and then i would go through this crazy adventure and then i would open up a door and now i'm in the hallway and i'm like oh i'm here you know it's like it'll be fun if like re7 doesn't well it says the beginning like the actual demo but it'd be fun if like that house that actually, we don't realize what's really going on in that house or why we're, you know, even messing around with that family until, like, hour two, hour three into the game. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Uh, so, so just a, a couple of questions that I want to throw at you guys. And keep in mind, I'm just doing this to play devil's advocate. I'm just doing this to facilitate conversation. What I say is not necessarily my opinion on Resident Evil or Resident Evil 7. Uh, but I think maybe part of the response to why direction is is a little bit different is you think about silent hill and when you when you sit down and you say what are your favorite things about silent hill no one's gonna go well it plays super well yeah it feels yeah. great yeah. shooting things yeah. i like gta because <laughs> the gunplay like right no. right whereas uh in resident evil for a long time after resident evil 4 came out that game just felt better than other games and and the the amount that you could do with that combat and your flexibility and it's just like that did action in a horror game in a way that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that set a precedent uh, for, for things to come. 
and stripping that back and basically just being a, a camera moving around a house and, and picking up things here and there, uh, it's definitely jarring for people. Do you, do you think there's any validity to that? Less action is good for me. Yeah. For Resident Evil. Yeah. Way too much action. Yeah. When you have choppers crashing in like China yeah. and you're running yeah. from like Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Come on, man. They were off the rails well, in the worst possible wasn't, way. Wasn't that the thing that everyone screamed at him, you know, from six? Yeah. Just like, yeah. I remember Screw Attack did a countdown. They literally just showed him with the cars. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they were like, yeah. that's all I have to show you from this game to tell you, like, this is not what I want Resident Evil to be. Mm-hmm. So Capcom's like, okay, cool. We'll go in the other direction now. Everybody's like, no, we want six again. Like, do, what? do you think six is maybe just a misinterpretation of four, though? Do you yes. Think- yes. Six is a misinterpretation of how to conclude the Resident Evil series. You know, like, I I loved five. I like I don't think five's a great game, Love but five. I enjoyed the hell out of every minute I played of that game. I played chapters in that game repeatedly, dozens of times. Uh, and And five is, I, I would say, maybe one of the most mature... I mean, it's wacky, because all RE games are wacky, but, like, I think 5 is really trying to reach a level of, like, actual modern storytelling. And, yes. like, okay, let's 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 actually do some things with these characters you're not expecting. Let's actually make a game where, like, Chris Redfield might die. What? How, you know, you don't know. You know, we can do anything with these characters now. And ultimately, just this final showdown with Wesker that was ridiculous, but satisfying. Oh, yeah. And I think with 6... Everyone was like, oh, just go back to your roots. Go back to your roots. You know, it's like, oh, it's so action-heavy now. It's so, like, episodic-based. It's like, let's make something more linear. Let's bring all the characters together. And I think they tried this kitchen sink approach that, like, made sense to me when RE6 was first announced. I was very excited about that game. I saw, like, having Leon and Chris, like, point guns at each other. I was like, I see what you're doing. This is really cool. Like, bring everybody back. Because you have so many characters and so many different... Sort of people outbreak people into this. Let's do it. Let's have a big, fun reunion to celebrate... It's like 20 years now. That's like the the mm-hmm. they're stamping on like the RE7 thing. It's like it's a great thing to do for an anniversary and to wrap up the series and do something new. And it just didn't work. Like it was like I think most people can you know like Outbreak One and Two are really good games. Like I think this next to like Gun Survivor, this is like one of the worst, one of the most disappointing Resident Evil games as far it's as like how worst. good it, how good not the worst. Have you played Guns? Have you played the, the first Gun Survivor, dude? Yes. There's like broken English within I don't four even minutes care. of that game. Six is <laughs> offensive. Six is offensive they, to the legacy. It is offensive to the franchise. It is insulting to to be part of the canon that is Resident Evil. To see Leon and Chris in these situations yeah. just gets me upset. It gets me sad. I've lost sleep was, at night. I think, I think it was the. <laughs> I think that was the the end result of adding like drop kicks to RE4. You know, like I remember I did that for the first time. I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, Leon just like kung fu'd that guy. Like that doesn't necessarily immerse me in a horror world. It's, it's not even when that. I, when I, when I, you know, see, when, you know, like, uh, I don't know, when you put like a, you know, like a, the, the Arthur suit, like the, uh, on what's her name? She's like clank, 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 yeah, clank, like yeah, running yeah. around. Like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of comedy in RE4 that I was not expecting. But it's so. like even more subtle than that. It's just straight up design. Like the village in Resident Evil 4, mm-hmm. you know, you can go it th- up the ladders, through the windows, like set a trap and go through all these like different buildings where so many encounters in Resident Evil 6 are like square room, square room. Like the, the gun shop. There's like four windows for zombies to come in, and you you seriously just stand there as they shamble in through the windows. Whereas Resident Evil Four, like even uh, the part where you have to protect Sarah, and there's like an upstairs and a downstairs. He's downstairs, you're upstairs, like pushing the ladders over, but then you hear downstairs like chaos and explosions. Yeah. 
It's just. I think yeah. Uh, oh, and it's raining, and the, you you can't see them. So if you look, if you actually look out the window, so you're like, oh, they're just spawning it from the environment. It's like no, you can see them. If you are in the window, you can see them slowly approaching the cabin. So like you can know if you pay attention to the windows, you'll see a target coming like a long ways away. So I just look at. Long story short, I look at the Resident Evil series is like a giant game of Jenga. And I think they just pulled out too many pieces to make, try to make RE6 happen, and the whole damn thing came crashing down. And so they're like, all right, now we're playing Monopoly. <laughs> like, this, we're done. Like, we did, like, what you're talking about, you got, a, a, like, 10 to 12 games in that genre, in that style. If that doesn't satisfy you, you know, like, it, there's, I just don't see where else it's they could go. Time to move on. Unless yeah. they either do what they did before with the same gameplay style, with a whole new brand thing of characters, completely rewrite the story, like, go back to the beginning. I'm glad they didn't. Or... Yeah, show me some gameplay. To Let's end with do. Jake Wesker Could, yeah. in like Bolivia or wherever the hell. Could RE7 be a train wreck? <laughs> totally. Sure. A- am I, a- you know, am I intrigued at least? Do I want to see your next trailer? Hell yeah. yeah. Where's this going? Uh, counterpoint here. The a sensation that I've gotten with Resident Evil over the years, uh, like when I played Resident Evil 1, I had never played a game like that before ever. I mean, I didn't, I didn't play Alone in the Dark, so Resident Evil 1 to me was like, oh... This is the concept of survival horror, okay? Resident Evil 2, with the, the different characters and how they interacted in those like complicated playthroughs. Uh, I didn't play Resident Evil 3, but Resident Evil, I, I didn't until much later. Until much later. Full playthrough, the, yeah, baby. Yeah. And then Resident Evil 4, it was like it threw all that out, and it went, now this is survival horror. And then it expanded upon that with, like, this is how you do it with co-op. And uh, so I feel like you get... Like, it always felt like Resident Evil was leading the charge. And uh, I think maybe something you could lobby against Resident Evil 7 is it feels like it's following somebody else's blueprint. Where I, as I'm playing that demo, it's definitely scaring me. It's definitely atmospheric. But I'm getting vibes similar to Amnesia the Dark Descent or Outlast or PT with its convoluted, what do I do with this? Let's go on the internet puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where it doesn't have really any ideas that I'm like, holy cow, I can't compare this with something else. I think, well, I'm banking on... And again, the demo's not representative of the final game. Exactly. And some things that Amnesia and Outlast and PT didn't have was combat, and that's something we haven't seen. So I'm really banking on the combat for Resident Evil 7, uh, making it meaningful, making it just super intense. Like, can you imagine just some slow... That moment, if you have, like, only, like, three bullets in your gun and some zombie just starts walking towards you slowly like that has me excited makes things feel like a threat again yeah exactly nothing really did later on yeah Resident Evil. like when i see a zombie in Resident Evil 7 i want to be freaking out i want my palms to be sweating mm-hmm. like i want it to mean something again that's a really so. good point and replayability like i think that'll be something that'll really benefit the resident mm-hmm. evil series if the campaign isn't super long it's like eight hours but those eight hours are really mm-hmm. good and when you're done with those that eight it's like like what I did. I, actually, one of my biggest disappointments with the RE7 demo was the invisible wall between you and the second reporter. Mm-hmm. When he's like, like to when, follow when, him. when we when I lost him, I was like, oh, yeah. I want to follow that guy and see what happens. You can't. They like act yeah. physically block you. It's like, yeah. oh, bummer. Because that I think is something that could really benefit RE7. Is you wondering like, you know, I wonder if you. I think you just skip that that other house, that little out, shack in the back there. What mm-hmm. if I don't open that door and let those twenty zombies out? You know, like I wonder if that affects the story. Yeah. Um, I'll make it, if we want to get to hyperbolic statements, I just had an epiphany about Resident Evil. I think Resident Evil began my journey of video game immersion. 
because I, because like when I played games in the NES and Super Nintendo, like playing Final Fantasy VI, I was immersed as hell. But I wasn't there, you know. Like I wasn't like when the Figaro Castle descends. Like I wasn't like feeling dust on my face, you know. I was, I was watching a, a representation of this story, and I was just hooked on the story. Like I'm just into like I just really want to rescue Princess Peach. I just really want to see like the end of you know, Metal Gear or whatever. But like walking outside, feeling the difference between the interior and the exterior of that, that Spencer Mansion. And actually, I remember that one, like, you know that little, like, gated area where, like, the, the dog comes jumping over the fence? Yeah. You know, and you, there's, like, a little L-shaped around, mm-hmm. like, the brick side of that, the mansion. Like, I remember, yeah. like, going outside and hearing the wolves, yeah. you know, howling and being like, okay, now I'm, vi- now I'm hearing it, mm-hmm. now I'm seeing it move in 3D space. Like, now I actually feel, and it's that you know, with, the, like... Yeah. With the documents, with, like, a corpse in a corner, like, a corpse in a corner... <laughs> Is like, how did this guy die? What happened here? Like, yeah. thinking about that. So when I, yeah, so when I, if you look, think about, are you going back to your roots? Like, because I, mean, I even played like Doom and Quake in, in 3D, but again, it was like, they were so representational, it was so action focused that like, I never felt like, I'm really in hell right now. It's like, no, I'm just playing a fun shooter game from this perspective, which is great. But like, actually, you know, putting you, uh, if you do it right, like Huber loves to say, if you turn the lights off, yes. if you crank the volume up, if you actually like try to get Dive in. immersed in it, um, I hope I hope it doesn't suck. I hope it's not. I hope it's not all suck. smoke and mirrors right Can now. Can only go up. So, and, six. and and, and uh, I'm sorry. Well, no, but their heart. Ahead. I just I just really want to say their heart is in the right place. I, they're, because they're the, the only reason I'm coming out against this, no, 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 no not you, not you. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. they are in the right place because they have come out numerous times and said, "Yo, the fans want horror. The fans did not like six. This mm. is for the fans. We're going back to our roots. We should be able to do this. Yeah. We should be able to pull this off. Yeah. If, we're, if we're really, you know, if we're really good at this, if we really care about this franchise, like we should be able to make a really terrifying game. And in any and case, the if PC 7 mantle. is a bust, you have yeah. Resident Evil 2 Remake. Like right. We're getting to that fall back classic on. Resident And they're carrying the PT mantle. I'm surprised that people don't give them the benefit of the doubt just for that. Like, like they've come out and said, like, we were in development on this game when we saw PT get announced. We were like, oh, okay, that just happened. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, they're in this amazing position to, like, see see this concept that was introduced with PT actually realized. Yeah. Uh, one more facet of the Resident Evil 7 equation that I, that I want to talk about before we move on is all of Resident Evil 7 will be, be able to, you'll be able to play it in VR if you want. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to adapt that game to... I'm going to say unproven technology, right? Like like uh, a new format, a new way of playing games that, that has not been around for all that long. And I, when I think about games adapting to technology that, that isn't a controller and a screen, it gets worrisome. It gets scary. It's, it's not always done very, very well. And you talked about combat, right? Talked about how you needed it to feel gripping. Do you think that sort of feeling, that sensation, could be compromised by VR? Like, let's say they have to, you know, greatly affect how the game looks because of VR or how it plays or something like that. I played it in VR, and I'm a little worried. Played it twice at E3, two times in VR. Uh, It's very pixelated. Just looking down the hall is super blurry. Um, Like, when you crouch, the camera just, like, skips frames. All of a sudden, you're just, like, crouched. You don't settle into a crouch. Um, and the fact that it's converting to VR. It's not made for VR. Yeah, it's karma. It's not the intended <laughs> format. You know, it's it's being converted. So Can I sprinkle a little hype, though, in the hmm. situation? Uh, so imagine, you know, Huber in 1997? When did Six. RE come out? Six? Yeah. 
So he's little 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 Michael Huber, 1996, playing Resident Evil One on the PlayStation One, yeah. and you can the best you can do is when you have a shotgun, you can wait until the very last moment and hold your shotgun <laughs> up and take it out that way. But if you have a pistol. It's like, ah, I could lose seven bullets on this thing. I could lose yeah. three. I don't know. I could get a lucky shot. I could get a crit. I have no idea. Imagine actually physically having like three bullets in your revolver waiting right up until that zombie comes <laughs> out and actually seeing the gun and being like, no, this is, I'm, you know, You're there. I'm only one bullet, one hit, one shot. Yeah. Uh, again, it could suck, but it's just like, it gets me, it gets me thinking about those things. That's why it, the, stuff like that is my favorite kind of E3 announcement because it was the, it is the game we're talking about. You know, Forza Horizon Three, sure, got great. You know, like I, I have questions, not a ton. You know, <laughs> sure. uh, just just when is it happening? You know, yeah. like like stuff. You know, silly things like Dragon Quest Builders. I'm totally sold on. Steep sold. You know, Forerunner yeah. sold. You know, it's, it's like, like yeah, yeah, we could talk about it for two hours, but like, try and you know, yeah. take my money. It's like everyone talks shit on on Call of Duty for being the same damn thing every year. Like, yeah. let's Including take us. risks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally like agree. let's risk it all. Let it ride. <laughs> like, let's go. And, and it, what's great is we're, we're not just talking about this with Resident Evil. We're talking about this with The Legend of Zelda. We're God, of yeah. God of War. God of War. Yes. There, there are a lot of longtime franchises that people are just throwing out the rule books for. And yeah. I think that's super, super exciting. It, it, in a way, I feel like with uh, the, the advent of 3D, we had to answer that question of how do we do this technically? And I feel like now they're, they're saying, how do we reinvent thematically? Mm-hmm. And I think that's even more exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for that moment. They're not going to show it in trailers. They're not going to talk about it. You're going to be seven hours deep into Resident Evil 7. You're going to be in some crazy mansion. All hell is breaking loose. All these zombies are coming. All of a sudden, Leon S. Kennedy is going <laughs> to kick the door down and be like, Get over here! <laughs> like, you know? Oh, or like Barry Burton. Anyone. It'd, be, it'd be, cool, be cool to do a reveal in first person. To literally not have like that moment yeah. where like, oh, I'm Wesker, you know. But like actually like you find a mirror. That's it. That's how you find out. You play your the first the person, whole time. You know. Like, oh, you, well, you awesome. get that NDA from Capcom and you get the game. And they're like, you, you've mentioned you're playing as Wesker. We will kill you. We will find <laughs> you and kill you. You know, like we really want people to discover that. Wow. Know, or, you know, facing a tyrant in first person. Like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that could go right. Um, and. Uh, I wasn't saying that with RE6. I was like, oh, I see what they're doing. Okay, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's like, yeah, this guy's the limit. I like Risk. I like that. That's the same with Kojima. You know, it's like, Ugh, that game could be bad. It doesn't seem like it will. It's totally illogical, but like the, the chance is still there. Mm-hmm. That he, that it just, and then maybe the next game's great. But that first one, he might just kind of lose his footing a little bit. He's, like, he's got a lot of shoulders. He's got to start a new company. He's working with people he's never worked with before. Who knows? Um, and yeah, that uh, they are they're rolling the dice. Capcom right now, and we're just waiting. And again, we got Resident Evil Two remake waiting in the shadows. <laughs> Everything mm-hmm. is fine. I don't want to get. Everything is yeah. fine. I uh, <laughs> I like the optimism though. I, I like the the applause of, of new efforts. Well, after the question six. is the question is <laughs> will the Easy Allies community be willing to sit through two full playthroughs of the Resident Evil Two HD, oh, both yeah. Mike Huber and myself? Multiple. Yeah, they will. Multiple. <laughs> Uh, it's time to, to wrap up the show. We're getting close to the end. I've got some emails picked out for us. Any about Resident Evil? Uh, Spoilers. Not dude. that I can remember. Let them uh, so come naturally. The first one is a is a pretty straightforward question. Uh, so you know we don't have to we don't have to go on for too long about it. But this is from Doron. Uh, he says Shalom, allies. Shalom. In a parallel in a parallel world. You've not been exposed to video games at such a young age. Because of this, you're not as passionate about video games as you are in this one. Oh, no. In this other dimension, what are you doing for a living? Uh, yeah. Music? Movies. Something with music? 
I'm writing books. Whoa. I think that was my answer. <laughs> I'd be writing books. My other passion growing up was, was reading. And yeah. probably be like vying for Wizard of the yeah. Coast to do like Dragonlance novels or, or nerd. I'm making maps. <laughs> Dude, legit, man. I went on one hike in the, here in here in uh, beautiful Los Angeles County, and uh, uh, there was a guy who was selling his own maps cool. on the trail. Yes. Did you buy one? So, oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so nice. Just a simple table smaller than this one. Just literally just on the trail. middle. Like It takes an hour and a half to get to this guy. It was like a quest giver in an RPG map. And he was just like, hey, this is just a very specific map. It says things that you probably won't find, like broad things where it's just like, if you need these types of, you know, if you like you can so hike cool. to here if you just want to camp and if you want to go straight up. Because there might be some cool things around here you don't know. So you just might not see a local map. It was a badass map. Laminated and everything, ready to go. Like the inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago was this? Uh, oh, this is recent. About three or four years ago, yeah. Oh, three or four years. So it's probably not there yet or still I mean. but I, does he go up every day like I, or maybe he just goes up when in, in the, 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 do you know his the name? beginning of the summer oh no I, you know, okay. I don't even know if I could dig up that map map giver uh, our next question comes from Namzor let me write that on that map for you <laughs> uh, what is your favorite snack after a long night of gaming snack after what a long was night. yeah? So that was what was weird to me about this question. Is I, I thought about it, I was like, well, I don't usually have a snack after a long night. Of yeah, dinner, so yeah, you don't want to eat something right before you go to bed. Yeah, or brush your teeth or something. So I, what is your? What, let's let's modify this question a bit. No disrespect to Namsware, but maybe this will just facilitate better better answers. Uh, what do you? What is your favorite snack while you are gaming? So I do not eat while I watch Correct. anything or play anything. Period. I have like water. Or a glass of wine, or but something. you have shows that you watch TV and you eat. Wait. But I, but I have a dedicated show like Bachelorette. I'll be <laughs> eating dinner while watching it or something. Uh, but when I am done with a long gaming session, I will have like three bites of ice cream. Just three, three bites. Three bites. Yeah. Just like boom, boom, wow. boom. Put it back in the freezer. This is like some sort of ritualistic yeah. behavior. Two, not exactly three every time. Like two, three, four bites. That's it. It's refreshing, you know. Come out, your brain is all like foggy after a long sesh. Sometimes you're sweating because you've been sitting in the chair for so long. Uh, it's a couple refreshing wh- bites of ice cream. Why do you, under most situations that aren't the Bachelorette, why don't you eat or eat anything? It's distracting. It takes me out of it. My hands get all greasy. I like to keep my controllers clean. I always wash my hands before I sit have a gaming session. Use a fork. What if you're like like. Chips. People eat chips no, while the game then. is like like that's. Like, oh, I can I can never do it. it. It's funny to hear you talk about it because it, you know you hear a lot of people and like oh man I can't wait to get home and unwind and after a long day and they, they treat video games like very casually like they can kind of do whatever they want and you're like no. Yeah. When I am playing games, I am committed to this yeah. thing. This thing becomes my life. Yeah. The opposite of Bossman. Yeah. Mm. You guys, you eat while you're gaming or after gaming. I I I despise the fact that humans need nourishment. It frustrates me. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. This, I'm sure this has come up before. You sound like I'm an sure alien this has come up before. I'm sure this has come up before. No, really, man. Like when I when we used to now now my eating schedule is completely out of whack because I work from home. But like when I used to. Uh, you know, go to an office way back in the day, you know, five months ago, mm-hmm. when uh, I would actually like go to an office, come home, at, you know, if I was lucky at like 7.45 and like now my evening begins, I'd be pissed that like, God, I got to heat something up. I have to sit and eat that and then I'll play because if I put it in front of me and go, I'm going to play my game. I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to, an hour and a half is going to go by and look down and go, oh, right. 
whoops, I really should have eaten that. Or I'll just get like a bite of chicken and a spoonful of rice or something, and then like, so you gotta have an and then I'll look at it shrimp. later and like, okay, so like I'll, I'll I'll try to get that out of the way beforehand. That's why I love Soylent. Me and uh, me and James Willems. You and Chuck Heston. Yeah, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. Just uh, yeah, just powder, water, shake. <laughs> then just like I just every now and then while I'm playing, like oh yeah. The older I've gotten, the more I've enjoyed the act of, of eating, and the more like I've appreciated like a broader palette of food. And you're just like when someone else is doing it great. When someone else is doing it great. If someone yeah. comes up like, "Hey, food," I'm like, "Oh, great, thanks." And I don't have anything else to oh, do. Like go into a restaurant. It's, like, it's great. But like actually, like you know, oh, I got to make this food. It should probably be healthy. Mm-hmm. Even like sitting in the drive-through lines, just like could be gaming right now. Yeah. You know. Wow. So. I'm excited for so this. Like, oh, okay. Especially late night. Especially late night. really good for that fourth meal. So it's good for that one, one, one p.m. You know, if mm-hmm. I'm going to try to push this for two or three more hours, I got, I got to put something in my stomach. Perfect for that. Uh, so my ritual is a little different, I would say. So I'm like Hubert. I don't like eating while I'm playing or anything like that. Yeah. But if I'm doing a big game sesh and after I stop, it's not eating. I just go outside for a second and get some fresh air and just like just soak it in for a minute. Yes. And like maybe like a glass of water, like quick yeah. refresh or something like that. Sure. Because like sure. when I play games, like I can't play games for straight as long as I used to be able to. Mm-hmm. Like I'll play like three hours and I'm just like, God, I need a break. <laughs> like stand outside now. But yeah, I can't sit there forever to just eat like a big snack after like that. Gotta like let it gel in my mind for a second. Usually. Take a shower. No, I don't do that. <laughs> Brad, you'd, you'd be ashamed of me. I was playing uh, Zero Time Dilemma. I'm not like, ashamed. For, for like eight hours yesterday, and I was like, I should go outside. And I was like, there's nothing to do out there. My body literally needs it, though. Like, sure, fresh air. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mine probably does, too. Uh, There's nothing to do out there. <laughs> yeah. And like, I believed it. I was like, yeah, what? everything I need is right in front of me. Anyway, uh, what I, so to your point, I hate getting controllers like dusty or greasy, greasy. or whatever it is. Uh, so what I've done, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of nuts like almonds. Mm, almonds. Like good. unsalted almonds without yeah. anything on them, just straight up natural almonds. Yeah. Or uh, dry roasted unsalted peanuts are great. You can just... You know, play, load of screen happens, pop, yeah. in your mouth, you Get some protein. Yeah, yeah. Get some protein. Dude, I have done almonds, actually, when I've watched some shows. Yeah. That is, I forgot about that. That's a good one. Almonds confirmed. Almonds. almonds. You can confirm almonds. Almonds are canon. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, just the just the, the glass of wine, Bachelorette. Yes. Yep. You gotta have an eating show. It's so nice. Because, like, oh, the day <laughs> is just so stressful. Just want to come home, unwind. Like Do sometimes, it, sometimes playing a game is is work. You know, even if it's like you a get game to, for fun. You get to know some people, and you're just like they're just like an onion. You know, you just peel away all the layers. You know, it's like Huber's like you know Huber just comes charging at you face first with just like Vikings. You know, like butch dudes, shotguns. You yeah. know, like ninjas. Like like oh, so many. You're like totally. Yeah, and you just all put in the same camp, and then just like Gilmore Girls. You're like wait, oh, wait, what? You know, like like yeah, Gilmore Girls. You're like oh, okay, and then it's you know back to like you know. Axes, and, you know, like you know, battlefield. You're like, yeah, totally. And it's like, bachelor, like, what? Wait, what? Like, all right, yeah. right on. Wasn't expecting that. Many, many tastes. It's a different categories. You like everything. You have too many tastes. That's why you're always like stressing about. I don't like portals and lasers. Okay, two things. <laughs> and comedy. Like. And comedy. That's true. Yeah. Uh, 
Before we move on to the next email, the, well, something I want to say about emails real quick, uh, just to, to maybe help this process along, is uh, we get a lot of emails, and that's great. I, I love the support that the show is getting. But because we get a lot of emails, it's getting harder and harder to make time for the ones that are like 10 paragraphs long. And I'm not insulting you at all. It, like The fact that you would sit down and write a 10-paragraph email to us is amazing, but it gets a little hard to parse where it's like, okay, context, 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 question at the very bottom. And if you would like a, a better chance for your email to appear on the show, show just try to try to make it more succinct. Try to get so, to the question like right away. So, like a TLDR version of everything. Yeah, like a TLDR version. Like I don't, I don't mind you you giving me that context, but but maybe highlight the question uh, a little bit better. I've been waiting for the TLDR of this episode this whole time. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> think about frame no, trap. It is the, it's it, is, it is no, it is it is the challenge that faces us all. It's yeah. like how to like how do I make that as short as it could possibly be. Brendan Jones's last episode. Every every on- joke has, every joke has fifty percent truth. Oof. That wasn't a denial. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I couldn't, couldn't pass it up. No, it's good. It's good. Uh, my soul is crushed. Uh, this question is from Dominic. He says, "Hey, allies, I really like this question. What's your favorite trailer for a game that you've never played?" Ooh. So is your John's question? Oh no, but I've. God, I don't know. I, I, it's. Oh, I got one. This I one. got one okay. ready to That's go. A very good question. Cock fuck ready to rock. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, it's like my favorite trailer of the last many many years. Oh, I got one. Persona Five. Persona oh right. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. The best yeah. Obviously, <laughs> the best trailer. Yeah. Uh, I got one. Huber's gonna like. Yeah, Animusha Three Demon Siege. So Not te- technically kind of cheating. Uh, the intro people, cinematic. People always bring this up because they're like, "Well, it's the intro cinematic," but it was released way before mm-hmm. the game came out, and that's always the difference. If you're like, "What's the difference between a game intro and a trailer?" Is if it was released, if you can find a file for it on the internet that has an ESRB logo, that's a trailer. Like, that's like that's something that they created and also sent it out as advertising. I watched that thing. And that so oh my god, <laughs> that, thing, that thing is so good. That the the, the greatest bummer about that video <laughs> is it's like SD at best. There's no yeah. big giant widescreen version of that yeah. media, which sucks so hard. It's just hiding there, and that's Capcom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's hiding within Capcom's walls. They have it. Why don't so they release crazy. it? I don't know. It's the question. It's like millions. I knew you were gonna have the best answer to that question. <laughs> Also, I'm sorry I didn't play on Amusha 3. Oh, it's good. 1, 2, and 3. So good. All of them are good. 1, 2, 4. 3 is uh, genre now. <laughs> hashtag genre now. Our, our next question is from Thomas. He says, my question is, can you name any game series you love but are okay with never receiving a new installment? The Last of Us. Damn it, Huber. Stole it. Gotta give a little bit of a reason. Stole it. Uh, cause it ends so perfectly. Hmm. It, it, you know, uh, it, a, a sequel has a responsibility. Uh, it can detract from the franchise, kind of like Resident Evil Six did. Made the overall story and canon worse. Uh, so Last of Us is in an absolutely perfect little bubble. Uh, and a and a sequel would risk that. You know, if you played as Joel, if you continued from that point, it would just, you know, it's a risk. A risk that I'm okay with them never taking. Um, I want to talk about that sequels came from it. Is the Final Fantasy VII ex- 
expanded universe sure. and all the games we've gotten we didn't need them mm-hmm. oh. i mean i don't like hate him or anything but we legit did not need any of that crisis core though yeah it's good but Dirge we didn't need Dirge of cerberus <laughs> we didn't need avent children we didn't need any of that yeah but it's like whatever it felt all of it felt really forced Yes. In a lot of ways. Even many parts of Crisis Core. Yeah, super definitely. Advent Children's one of my favorite anime films. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't help myself. Hey, that uh, Tifa fight, though. I might, I might get smacked by Brad Ellis for this one, but Castlevania. Oh, no. I'm good. Yeah, yeah I, there's been a lot of Castlevania. Sure. Because I think, I think any kind of effort you can make on behalf of Castlevania would be misguided i think i think no. i think Castlevania doesn't deserve it it's like go you know go and go and make wait, what wait 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 go i don't and, understand that what do you mean Castlevania go, doesn't deserve it? go and make because they've gone they've they've done so many things that just completely disinterest me for so long that it's just like go the idea you have don't let castlevania hold you back from where you could take those ideas don't be like i have an idea for how to fix castlevania it's like i would so much rather you just make bloodborne you know you just make your own game that you don't necessarily need to tie it um, I think we're so far from the Castlevanias I really loved that I don't know what that franchise could bring. So how do you feel about that I'm not already getting from other games? How do you feel about Bloodstained? Uh, I love Bloodstained. I, I think I think it would I think it would be a bummer if Blood if the if the boss at the end of Bloodstained was Dracula. You know, it's like I'd rather see what kooky boss he came up with instead. You it know? probably will be. That would yeah. saying. It probably will be. What a, what a twist. Bloodstained is actually <laughs> yeah. just the next Castlevania game. No, I'm down, dude. It's been so long since I've killed yeah, Dracula, man. Come, come on, on man. I Jones. That. I need that. I'm good. Gotta end on a high note. Can't just leave Let's Castlevania to die. Lords of Shadow 2, man. Insulting. Oh my god. The ending of that. That game is. The end <laughs> of Lords of Shadow 2. The, the battle, Thinking about it, I'm gonna lose yeah. sleep tonight now. The battle, the battle over Lords of Shadow 2 versus Alien Isolation for most disappointing game of 2014-15. Yeah, I, well, you can, it's okay to just be wrong about Alien Isolation. It's true. Games. It's fine. Uh, whereas I didn't play Lords of Shadow 2, I, so it's a tough battle. When I think back at my time of Alien Isolation, I, I largely think back on it fondly, whereas Castlevania uh, gets worse with age. Uh, the, the series that I don't ever, I would be probably upset if they made another one is Metal Gear Solid. Like, oh, oh, sure. That, that was an excellent pick. pick. Best out great of all of us. That yeah. is very clearly We're We're done. done. You did it. Yeah. yeah. Like, You're well done. Anything that they try to do with Miller Solid is going to. Uh, it's what just if they be do another Revengeance? Platinum Games. But even now, it's like. When Revengeance 1 came out, it was clear that Kojima wanted to do this thing with yeah. Raiden, that he, that he had this neat idea for the Zandatsu yeah. stuff. And if. If they make another Revengeance 2, it's just going to feel like, well, we got to do something people will like with Metal Gear. It's like, I don't want the game to feel like that. Well, we've got to do something with Metal Gear, you know? Even Metal Gear Solid Five, for as disappointing as we were with story elements, like, the ideas that that game had and how it presented stealth in open world, like, there was a point to it. I don't want to have a Metal Gear game that's, that's important and prominent, not like Metal Gear Acid or something. Not that those games are bad, but... Uh, you I know just, what I would love? Yeah. I would love, not now because Kojima's not involved, but I would have loved a Platinum Games Revengeance with Quiet. You play as Quiet. Because, like, she has that, like, movement, you know, where she can, like, run super fast. Yeah, there's an action game in there. Yeah. <sighs> Guys, we've, uh, we've reached that time of the show where it's, it's time to say goodbye and kiss each other on the lips and part ways. <laughs> Whoa. Off camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a reference to a Michael Huber thing. Um, I think Brad Brad brought it mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. 
Uh, but thanks everybody for for joining us on this episode of Frame Trap. Sorry it wasn't uh, TLDR, but uh, if you want to reach us, our email. If you want to ask a question, it is askeasyallies at gmail dot com. Uh, the other thing I want to say is people are still a little bit confused about this, so I'll try to make it more explicit. We don't do the show every week; we do it every other week. By week. So you are seeing this on a Monday. There will not be a new Frame Trap next Monday. It'll be the Monday after that. I'm going to ask you a really intense question to end the show, Ben. All right. Right now. And you have four seconds to give me an answer. If you do not answer in four (laughs) seconds, you're a fraud. (laughs) Favorite JRPG character? Uh, Dagger, Garnet, Princess Dart, Garnet from Final Fantasy IX. Boom! There it is. Yeah. That's a whole other show right there. Nailed it. Nailed it. Next time. Next, so next time on Frame Trap, we're talking about <laughs> oh, the God, yeah. we have to <laughs> find out the answer. Yeah.